Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the space is too old and vast, it's really terrifying edition. Oh my god. (laughs) It's not even like 10 seconds in and we're already talking about how vast space is. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, this is, this episode, I'm sorry, this in-betweeny is, uh, it's just terrifying in terms of just space like literal space space is horrifying yeah. i never want to go everyone's like i'm gonna go to space i'm like i'm not i'm good i'm fine i'm good i want to stay here yeah. in my apartment <laughs> you know also i can't afford it i i can't afford to go somewhere that i'm gonna die like <laughs> if you go to space you're probably gonna die that's a good point it's like it's like a 99 percent sure thing yeah i'm yeah. dying <laughs> That's the end of our podcast. (laughs) Podcast over. We are done. Thank you. Today, in between 056, super old, super large, super massive black hole. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) And Earth is covered in extraterrestrial dust. I, of course, (laughs) we are covering black holes and extraterrestrial dust. Yeah. But, I mean, it just sounds like... um, like um like a like joy division or like the cure songs yeah something very emo it's very emo or or maybe those rock bands from like the early 90s oh my god uh grunge yeah like a i can see it i can see that i can what a vibe yeah (laughs) i feel that vibe cover this oh yeah 900 percent uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the um, already horrified Marissa Riley. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's good to be here. Hello. Welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is your first time listening. Welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. So. It's, <laughs> it's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. Um, and it turns out it's space. It's my least favorite place to visit. Um <laughs> And we're going to talk about stuff yeah, in space yeah. and stuff that comes from space. Yep. Am I right? You're absolutely right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe I, I, I wrapped my head around that enough to explain it to myself. There you go. You know, you did it. And uh, it's, yeah, this one, it took me a couple of days to, like, research and wrap my head around just the vastness. It's just... It's just too much. I feel it's like, just too much. I feel like the last episode we said holes 8,000 yeah. times. <laughs> this episode we're just going to say vast. Yes. Space is vast. It's just too. Over and over. It's just too fucking big. It's too big. Yeah. I guess we should begin. We shall. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin our first mind-shattering tale by heading just a wee bit back in time to January of this year. Oh my God, wee bit? <laughs> no, no, it was a thousand years ago. Uh, where we're having an absolute ball at the virtual meetup of the American Astronomical Society. Aww. They know how to party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, it was here where Feige Wang of the University of Arizona and colleagues dropped a fucking bombshell that has completely upended what we knew about the growth of galaxies and black holes. What a good party trick. You know? <laughs> That's right. What a way to uplift your um, peers and coworkers. 
uh, at this event, they introduced the world to a quasar with the snappy name J0313-1806. Everything you just said <laughs> makes so little sense to me. <laughs> I hope we talk more deeply about what a quasar is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, from here on out, though, I'm going to call her J-O. Okay. J-O. I can, I can handle okay, that. Okay. So, and I'd like to throw some staggering fucking numbers at you about J-O before we go ahead and explain what in the holy hell it all means. Okay. Does that sound good? That sounds good. <laughs> okay. Now, J-O the, Quas- <clears throat> J-O the Quasar is 13.03 billion light years from Earth. Okay. Is that, that's far, right? That's so, so far That's away. so far. Okay. <laughs> I just, I had to ask. I don't know. That could be like three minutes away. That could be like. More than that away. Yeah. Yeah. If you were traveling like at the speed of light, it would take 13 billion years to get there. Okay. (laughs) I know. I can't, man. I can't. That's wild. Uh, Yeah. So it's 13.03 billion light years from Earth. And at its creamy center is a supermassive black hole that is truly supermassive. Supermassive. Yeah. And here's what I mean. Everyone, I'd like you to imagine... Our glorious sun. Oh, I can yeah. do that. Okay. Yes. Now imagine 1.6 billion of them. No, <laughs> I'd rather not. Okay. That's too many. Yeah. Now, I know that's hard, but try to imagine that many suns because this black hole has the mass of 1.6 billion suns. You think you just like broke my head. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I... Yeah. I know. To say my mind is blown is an understatement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My God. Now, just a refresher on what mass is. It's a, <laughs> it's a set, like, a really watered down, like, definition of it. It's essentially how much stuff is in an object, like the number of protons, neutrons, and electrons. So it has the stuff of 1.6 billion suns, which is a lot of stuff. So much stuff. The, the heft of this black hole is just. Baffling. Baffling. I, I can't. I, it leaves me speechless and terrified. I'm horrified. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tell um, me more. Yeah, there is more. Um, it's estimated that it ingests or sucks in the mass equivalent of 25 suns a year. That's still a lot. <laughs> Which is like eating two suns a month. <laughs> I, okay, yeah. I eat three fish tacos for lunch. Yeah. Now I'm trying to imagine if... I ate two fish tacos. Yeah. But those fish tacos were suns. There you go. It's a lot. It's a, that's it's a, a lot, lot of fish to tacos. think about. It's a lot of fish tacos. It's a lot of fish tacos. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, my friends, this is possibly the oldest supermassive black hole of its kind. And we're going to break down these numbers and explain some shit because you're probably asking, what the fuck is a quasar? Yes. How can a hole in space be that big? And why the fuck does this change anything? Well, let's let's break your mind even more. So Yeah, why do we, I mean, it's obviously big and daunting and like eating a lot more than me, but like, (laughs) or capable of it at least. But yeah, why do we care? Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's start with quasars. Dr. Marissa, if you would, please tell us what those are as provided by our source, earthsky.org. Nothing would make me happier. Okay, quote, astronomers believe that quasars are extremely luminous centers of galaxies in their infancy. They're located at vast distances 
from us with their numbers increasing towards the edge of the visible universe. The intense radiation released by a quasar is thought to be powered by a supermassive black hole at its center. The radiation is emitted when material surrounding the black hole is superheated to millions of degrees by the intense friction generated by the particles of dust, gas, and other matter in the disk colliding countless times with each other. As matter in quasar heats up, it generates radio waves, x-rays, ultraviolet, and visible light. The quasar becomes so bright that it's able to outshine entire galaxies. Yeah. I want to use that for something, but I don't know what. Um, but remember, quasars are very far away. They're so far from us that we only observe the active core of the galaxy in which they reside. We see nothing of the galaxy apart from its bright center. It's like seeing a distant car headlight at night. You have no idea what type of car you are looking at as everything apart from the headlight is in darkness. End quote. Yeah. Jill. Yes. <laughs> what did I just read? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so our crazy bright quasar, J.O., is the center of a baby galaxy born 13 billion years ago. Holy shit. Yeah. And at the center is just this massive, massive, supermassive black hole. Oh my God. Yeah. That is such a metaphor for being an only child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am yeah. the bright, I'm an only child. I am the bright center yeah. of, of galaxy. a galaxy, <laughs> but I do have a giant hole that needs to be filled that's right. With fish tacos <laughs> and Netflix shows like Squid Game. Yeah. Endless love. Just, do you, you have to constantly throw love at you. Love. <laughs> do you like how I made um, this like crazy giant thing with its own crazy galaxy about me? Yes. Like that's the most only child. <laughs> yes. It is like so meta right now. Yeah. I'm going to let you uh, tell me more yeah, about say it. Say you're an only child without saying you're an only child. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, so our crazy, like I said, our crazy b bright quasar, J.O., is the center of a baby galaxy born about 13 billion years ago, just a wee 670 million years after the creation of the entire universe. Oh, my God. The universe itself was a baby when this thing was around. Oh, my God. It was a mere 5% of its current age when this quasar slash supermassive black hole became a became the fucking monumental size it was. Jesus. And that's what's so confusing to astronomers. How did she get that big so fast? She's breaking all the rules as to how black holes grow, which means we might have to rewrite some rules. Oh, shit. Oh, that's my right. God. <laughs> Rewriting the rules. That's right. Cue the, I don't know, Boom. game show music or whatever. Okay. I should have had less coffee. That's all right. You're doing Just great. Ignore me. <laughs> so traditionally, for example, when a massive star, like 
three times the mass of our sun, uses up all of its hydrogen and fuel. What's left is a naked core that collapses under its own weight. Oh my God. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, we have. (laughs) So this dying star is crushed, quote, to a point of zero volume and infinite density called the singularity end quote, thespokebritannica.com. The singularity. That's so... (laughs) I feel very... Violated. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like how I felt after I got my first um, Brazilian bikini wax. (laughs) I didn't realize, like... Ew. they're there yeah. and you're naked and <laughs> and they hurt you yeah. it's, and you pay a lot of money for it. Yeah. That's how I feel when you talk about the singularity. singularity. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's only $99 this week, you know. Yeah, so it's like to get hurt. To get naked and hairless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically you have yourself a black hole, an average black hole, when that happens, if you will. Okay. So uh, a supermassive black hole is thought to form when a bunch of these average holes merge. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And build up mass over time, like a shitload of time, or so we thought. Oh. Dr. Marissa, please tell us the time astro- uh, astronomers originally believed it would take to form a supermassive black hole, as provided by the awesome folks over at Astronomy. I would love to. All right, quote, as these black holes plow through the dense gas within their host galaxy, it creates drag that causes them to rapidly migrate toward the galaxy's center. There, they can merge to form a single black hole with a mass of 10,000 to 100,000 suns. (laughs) This process takes 50 million to 100 million years. In light of this theory, we can state that 800 million years after the Big Bang supermassive black holes could already populate the cosmos. End quote. Mm -hmm. That's right. Wow. But remember, my friends, J.O. was created way before 800 million years after the Big Bang and is way fucking bigger than 100,000 suns. She was made around 670 million years and is a whopping 1.6 billion fucking suns. Holy shit. Totally blows us out of the water. So in short, we're going to need a new or an additional theory as to how these beasts can be made. Enter co-author Zhao Hui Fan definitely said this gentleman's name wrong but the professor (laughs) a professor and associate head of the department of astronomy at the university of arizona he was like yo maybe jo didn't form from merging oh in fact this black hole may not even have formed from a dying star what yeah in what he calls quote the direct collapse scenario a massive primordial gas cloud made of like a made of cold hydrogen 10,000 times the mass of our sun just collapsed under its own gravity, creating a supermassive black hole from the start. Oh. Now, if you think clouds can't possibly have that much mass or weight or just weigh enough to cause a black hole, here's a fun fact. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Marissa, would you do the honors and tell us, on a beautiful day on Earth, when we're just having a beautiful walkabout, how much does the average fluffy cumulus cloud above us weigh? All right, I would love to tell you. Um, according to usgs.gov, quote, 1.1 million pounds, or about 
551 tons. Holy shit. But that heavy cloud is floating over your head because the air below it is even heavier. The lesser density of the cloud allows it to float on the drier and denser air. End quote. Yeah. (laughs) She just backed away. That's like... Just backed away with her mouth open. That's like telling me that, like, the the picture that hangs over, like, our heads every day... Yeah. You know, weighs 1.1 million pounds. Yeah, I know. And you're like, oh my god. (laughs) That's right... That's right there. It's right there. there. I'm pointing up. That's right there. It's right there. All the time. I know. Jesus, and uh, that's yeah. weird. Try but not- but it's the air <laughs> below it that's heavier. It's heavier. <laughs> holding it up. And that's yeah. just... A, th- this has been like 40 concepts that I am r- still wrapping my yeah. head around. It's, it's wild. It's we one. live here. Yes, we do. We live next to all of this shit. We do. It's happening right now. We, and we live under it. Oh, oh my it, God. It's, it's, right? And I... I need, I really need to talk to my therapist <laughs> earlier this week. She's gonna be like, "Did you know this shit? You know this is happening." Yeah. Oh my god. It's fucking happening. Uh, after the break. <laughs> <laughs> you know that heartwarming saying, uh, "We're all made of stardust." Uh huh. Okay. Well, we're made of it, and we're fucking covered in it. I knew it. Yeah. Find out just how much of the stuff and why. You got to stay tuned. Please do. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. (laughs) So the podcast is called Big Picture Science, and 
You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting. And I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it. I love it. And it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And something awesome did happen in 2020. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. But it was, it was very, very tiny. Okay. Very, very, very teeny. Okay. Very teeny. Okay. Now, quoting Up and Coming Magazine, NationalGeographic.com. <laughs> Quote, the oldest material found on Earth is more ancient than our solar system. Oh, that's, that's very old. It's fucking old. Billions of years before our sun winked into existence, a dying star flung out dust into space. That is my new favorite sentence. Aww. It sounds like something straight out of a Harry Potter book. Some I magical am, shit. Some magical fucking dust from a star? Are you <laughs> kidding me? I know, barf. I feel like I should make a <laughs> wish or something. Oh my god. <laughs> Now, a bit of that stardust trapped in a meteorite that collided with Earth was dated as the oldest material yet found on our planet. The dust coalesced with other rocks inside what would become the Murchison meteorite, which lit up skies over Australia in September 1969 and careened to the surface of our planet. Amazing. Okay. A fresh analysis of these ancient rocks found grains of stardust that are between 4.6 billion years and roughly 7 billion years old. That is so old. Scientists estimate that these early dust pieces lurk in only about 5% of meteorites, but that hasn't discouraged them from continuing to hunt for these clues of our galaxy's history, end quote. Amazing. Okay. So, yeah, my friends, this speck of dust is a mere 8 micrometers across, and for perspective, that's smaller than the width of a human hair. Oh, wow. But scientists found it, dated it, and fuck, yeah, man, it's, it's old. I was going to no. say, I feel like people will start <laughs> trying to buy this and putting it in, like, engagement rings. But that's uh, just a little too small. <laughs> if you can't see it, if you can't take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. Yeah, no bride's going to want no that. No one's going to want yeah. that. Yeah. So, good news. You don't have to wait for a meteorite to hit Earth to find more of this teeny fucking stardust. Turns out the Earth is already swimming in it, and you may even be touching some super old shit right now. Really? Yeah. In this... In this Brooklyn apartment, is there? I would actually believe that. This thing is so goddamn old. There's definitely some fucking stardust in this old apartment. My friends, let's head back to the middle of nowhere. And please bring a coat. I love it. Okay. We're going to the southeast corner of Antarctica. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Home of the French-Italian Concordia Research Station. Uh, Over the past 20 years, physicist Jean Duprat and colleagues made six expeditions to this area, all in the name of research, and all to collect microscopic particles and space dust. 
Now, they were curious as to how much falls through our atmosphere and lands upon our great Earth. And Antarctica's isolated, barren location is the perfect place to collect uncompromised, well-preserved samples. Hmm. Yeah. So, how does one find a microscopic needle in a snow-covered haystack the size of a continent? That's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Dr. Marissa, please tell us their methods as described by LiveScience.com. I would love to. All right, quote, researchers dug out large trenches of snow and carried the snow layers, the snow layers, in 44-pound barrels back to the laboratory at the research station, where they carefully melted the snow and collected the dust particles left behind. They then sorted the particles, removing contaminants like fibers from the researcher's snow gloves and, quote, what a fucking task. Yeah. They're finding microscopic star shit yeah. in snow. This is so long and yes. cold. Yep. These people must fucking love this. <laughs> yes. I tip my hat to you guys. Yeah, Y'all are yeah. working hard for something so small. My God. Yeah. If that sounds painstaking, it fucking is. But not as painstaking as the math involves to calculate how much stardust falls on our planet. Ooh. So I'm going to do you a favor and not talk about the math okay. and, and, just skip <laughs> <laughs> and just skip to the end. My friends, 5,200 tons, 5, tons of stardust and asteroid bits cover the Earth every year. Holy shit, there is definitely some in this apartment. Yeah. And that number is even more impressive when you take into account how teeny these bits are. Oh. They range in size between 30 and 200 micrometers in diameter and again, for perspective, the width of a human hair is 70 micrometers. So there could be one, like, lodged in my foot right now. It could be, yes. And it's so small that I wouldn't even feel it. Yeah. So there, okay, so basically as a doctor, what I'm saying is there is stardust in our feet right now. Yes. There you go. Yeah, you can quote me on it. Yeah, and for even more perspective, only about 10 tons of space rock survives entering our atmosphere and makes it to our surfaces, as compared to 5,200 tons of this dust. Wow. Now, if you're asking yourself, who gives a shit about dust? Well, a lot of people do, and maybe you should too. Ooh. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what massive secrets may lay may lie inside these celestial kinder eggs. Ooh, I love a reference to a kinder egg. Oh my <laughs> gosh, now I want one. Okay, from LiveScience.com, quote, understanding the flux of extraterrestrial material to Earth is important for many fields of astrophysics and geographics because these space rocks and debris may have brought many elements to the planet. Some theories hold that elements and molecules originating from space rocks may have been crucial to the early development of life on Earth. Whole, end quote. Holy shit. Yeah. So basically we're saying that this dust may explain why we're here. There you go. I don't know if you guys... It may explain why we're here. <laughs> That's yeah. that's some pretty important yeah. dust. I I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. So no fucking biggie. That's in my uh, foot right now. That's right. Life. It's ah. life. So, Dr. Marissa, I have a few photos of this possible life-giving stuff. Uh, would you like to see them? I um, would love to I see mean, them. It all looks like dust, but I thought, why the hell not? And to show you what these little 
little guys look like. Sure. And these photos, of course, will be on our Instagram and Twitters and all the social media stuff, so please come on by. Please do. Uh, voila, I've got four photos, and <laughs> what does it look like? All right. It, I mean, it looks like dust. Yes. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm seeing four photos. They're in black and white because I'm guessing these are very zoomed-in pictures of yeah. these tiny things. The first one is a perfect circle. I know. Isn't that crazy? Um, that is wild. Yeah. I've never – I mean, I don't really know what dust looks like, but I can imagine it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, much like people. And the second one <laughs> kind of looks like a circle, but it's got a lot of little cracks in it. It's it kind of looks like a rumpled up piece of paper yeah. that's that like but like one that you really worked on mm. like making into a perfect ball. So it's yeah. tight, but it's still a piece it needs of paper. Work. Yeah. <laughs> the third one looks like a piece of coral. The last two look like pieces of coral. That's, that, yeah, that's a good one. Or 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 a, a some sort of weird like organ tissue like it's they look uh, very abstract um that definitely looks like it came from outer space yeah oh yeah it looks like space coral i'm gonna i'm gonna fun end my description space Space coral Coral. that's a that's a great way to end in between e056 amazing (laughs) end on space uh, coral that is in your feet i need to stop saying that because then people are gonna start believing that and that's not a real thing that is misinformation that is a joke that i've taken too far there's probably not space dust in on in or on your feet i'm gonna take all of your medical advice oh really okay so there's (laughs) i'm gonna take it there is life explaining earth dust no no space dust i don't know i'm tired i had too many tacos anyways that was great Thank you for listening, subscribing, telling your friends about space coral, which is actually space dust. <laughs> uh, and please stay interesting. Please do.